All right, good morning. Here we are, we're coming at you today, and some of you will probably recognize the setting, and some of you may not, but we're in the Life Center. And um, one of the reasons we're in the Life Center is because, good Lord willing, when we get back together in person next week, um, this is going to be our setting. It'll give us a little bit more space. And, and, you know, here we are. We throw around this, coin this term, the new normal. But in the new normal, for a while, we'll probably, you know, behave a little bit differently. All right, here we go. The title of today's sermon is Perceptions. And here you are, you can look at this uh, slide right here, and you can see these two gentlemen, and they are looking at this number. Now, one of them thinks that it's a six, and the other one thinks that it's a nine. In reality, they're both correct. Um, it depends upon their perception. Although you can en envision in your mind these two having a conflict over their perceptions, because both of them think they're right, and in reality, here, they're both right, okay? Now, if you recall back when, uh, before we had to go on this hiatus, we had a sermon series over women's roles in the church. And if you recall, Greg, in his sermon, used this particular picture. And it was interesting because the question was asked, what do you see? Well, I don't know what that says about your brain, right, left, whatever the case may be, but people see two different things. Some people see an older woman, which right here is her mouth, and there is her nose. And some people see a younger woman, and right there is her eye and ear, and right there is her nose. And so it just depends upon your perception. Uh, both of those perceptions are correct. And, you know, I don't even remember now what I saw the first time I looked at it. I wish that I did. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of interesting. Do you see the old woman or do you see the young woman? And I don't know what that says about us, but it is a matter of perception. All right, so let's get straight to the motivation for today's sermon and kind of how this sermon took shape. And so here it is. Good Lord willing, next Sunday on the 21st, we're going to get back to in-person worship. Now, I began thinking about that. And I don't know about you, I can only speak for myself, um, but I have struggled at times here lately to decide how, you know, how I should act, um, how I should react to other people. Should I wear a mask when I go into a place of business? You know, Jamie and I finally ate out for the first time in Salem. We had, not, we had finally got to the point where we might order out, but we finally ate out last week at a Mexican restaurant. First time we had done that. Um, so the idea that we are coming back together and the idea that everyone has a different perception and everyone has a different comfort level or a different threshold level for their comfort. There might be someone who decides that they want to come and they very much want to be here and we very much want you to come if you feel comfortable, okay? That's a decision you have to make. But someone may say, well, uh, I'm going to wear a mask. Well, I want to go on record right now, and part of what I want to convey, I want to convey spiritual ideas in today's sermon, but part of what I want to convey, too, is we want you to feel comfortable. We want you, if you want to wear a mask, you wear a mask. You're not going to offend anyone. There's no hard and fast rules in this time. I, I like this slide right here. It says, keep calm and feel comfortable. Well, that's what we want you to do. We want you to be able to come if you wish, and we want you to feel comfortable. 
So what we have to understand, we have to have, you know, the old song, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. We have to have respect for one another. Because what we have to realize, as I said before, everyone has a different tolerance level and everyone has a different threshold. There may be someone who wants to shake hands and someone who doesn't. There may be someone who wants to hug and someone who doesn't. There may be someone who wants to wear a mask and someone who doesn't. There may be someone who doesn't wear a mask, but they want to segregate themselves a little bit. All of those things are okay. Your individual perception on how you think you should conduct yourself is fine. Okay, that's fine. All right, so I would like, however, and I'm just going to interject maybe a slight opinion, maybe a little piece of advice. I do think that over the next few weeks, we do need to respect one another. And you guys all know me. You know I'm a hugger. Um, I, I just think we need to respect one another and maybe give each other a little space, you know, until we kind of get a little bit more comfortable. You know, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, respect, okay? All right, now I came across this slide, and um, I thought it was really, really neat. It says, socially distant and spiritually close. And it quotes Colossians 2, verse 5, which says, For although we are physically separate, I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see how stable you are and how firm your faith is in Christ. Even though we're apart, we're still together in spirit. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for the Christians around the world. I thank you for the Mitchell Church of Christ. I ask, Heavenly Father, that you give me the words you want me to speak in this sermon. I would ask that you would allow us to have open minds. And I would ask, us, ask Heavenly Father, that you would help us in our pursuit of excellence. That you would help us over these next few weeks, you know, this coin term, the new normal, that, Heavenly Father, we would operate in such a way that we would give one another respect, but respect in a much broader sense, Heavenly Father. Respect for those who maybe worship at a different place with a different name, for our neighbors, for those of different ethnicities or skin color. Heavenly Father, respect is a broad continuum, and it sure has a much bigger application than just what I'm giving it today. So, Heavenly Father, please be with us. Please help us. Please help us to learn from your word. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. And all God's people said, Amen. All right, so are there examples in the Bible where perception, maybe even different perceptions, maybe different perceptions where both people are correct, maybe there is no right, maybe there is no wrong, or are there examples of where perception should still equal respect? And the answer is an unequivocal yes. Um, and we find a classical example of this in Romans chapter 14, but before we read Romans chapter 14, you already know that I'm a big believer in hermeneutics, so very quickly, very quickly, what was the historical context of Romans 14? Well, here it is, very quickly. Paul wrote Romans 14, it was believed to have wrote Romans 14 around 57 to 58 AD. Now, they don't believe that he was in Rome. Uh, I think they believe he was in Galatia, but the fact is that he was not there and he was sending them a letter. Okay, so that would be sort of some historical context. Well, what about some social context very quickly? Who was the letter going to? Well, the letter was going to the early church Christians in Rome. And you say, well, who were those people? Well, those people were defined by Paul when he started the letter. 
to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Paul was writing this letter to anyone, anyone in Rome who was interested in being in this early church movement. Now, do they believe there was a Jewish contingency there already? Yes. Could it have been possible that the people who were recent converts were not Jewish? Yes. Paul was writing this letter to anyone in Rome who was a recent convert to this newfound Christianity, the way. Okay? So, historical and social. All right. Now, what was the main point? Now, and I don't normally do this, but I'm going to do it today. I'm going to start with, um, and I'm going to give you uh, a, a, just a short reading from a commentary person named Matthew Henry. And I like Matthew Henry's stuff, and some of you may know who Matthew Henry is, some of you may not. But he kind of writes in, I don't know, maybe that old English kind of way, but sometimes the way he says things just really catches my attention. So here's what Matthew Henry writes as part of the main idea of Romans 14. There was a difference among them. This is the people in the, that the letter is addressed to. There was a difference among them about the distinction of meat and days. These are the two things specified. There might be similar or other occasions of difference, while these made the most noise and were the most taken notice of. The case was this. The members of the Christian church at Rome were some of them originally Gentiles and others of them Jews. We find Jews at Rome believing in Acts chapter 28. Now those that had been Jews were trained up in the observance of the ceremonial appointments touching meat and days. This, now you got to listen to this because this is the part that, I don't know, really, I don't know, maybe it's just the wording, but it really kind of gets my attention. This, which had been bred in the bone with them, could hardly be gotten out of the flesh, even after they turned Christians, especially with some of them who were not easily weaned from what they had long been wedded to. Wow. I wonder how many... Or I wonder how that applies to us today. I wonder what has been bred in our bone that it was not easily gotten out of our flesh because we have so long been wedded to that idea. Wow, there might be some similarity to Romans chapter 14 in the broad scheme of what the letter really means to us even today when we start talking about R-E-S-P-E-C-T when we start talking about perceptions. So, we need to do this. I hope that you'll get your Bibles, and we need to read together Romans chapter 14. And we need to think about it. And before we read it, let's make sure we frame it in the idea of today. Here we are, we're thinking about coming back together, we're thinking about our perceptions, we're thinking about how we view things differently, and how really we might both we might all be correct. We might just have a slightly different opinion. I don't know. But we need to respect one another. So with that, let's go to Romans chapter 14 and let's read the historical and, 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 uh, account and think about the social context of the time with recent converts in the Roman church. All right, here we go. Except the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. Disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. 
And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Now, I'm going to pause real quickly there. I'm going to interject this. This is not necessarily talking about the Sabbath day, and I want to make that point very, very clear. God holds the Sabbath day. God holds the first day of the week in high regard. These were Jews who had all these ceremonial days, some of them were, and now they're not regarding those days as being all that important anymore because Jesus Christ and the new church and the new covenant changes some things. So let's make sure we don't apply that to Sunday. I'm going to go on record as saying Sunday is one of the most important, well, it is the most important day of the week. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord. For they give thanks to God, and whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life, so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not by your eating destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it, if it, but it is wrong, excuse me, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat, because their eating is not from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. All right, very quickly, here we go. And I'm just going to make this quick. 
We had two groups of people that had two different perceptions, much like everything else today, much like everything else today. They had two different perceptions. We had one group who believed that eating meat, or if any meat, if there was any leftover meat that had been offered to an idol, whatever the case may be, you shouldn't eat it. You had another group of people that said, there is absolutely nothing wrong with eating this meat. And the reality was, there was nothing wrong with eating the meat. However, they had two different people with two different perceptions, and they were having conflict. Well, what was the problem? Well, the problem was the conflict. The problem was never the meat. The problem was the conflict. The problem was the way that they were treating one another. The problem was the way that they were looking down on one another. The problem was, I'm going to take my toys and I'm going to go play over here. Because you don't see it the same way I do. That was the problem. Now, I'm going to put forth to you that in today's realm... And we have to take these passages and we have to read them and we have to take what is applicable from that social and historical context and we have to be able to fast forward into the year 2020. And I'm going to tell you that I don't really think that the disagreement is about meat. I don't think anybody uh, in our church is going to say anything to anybody about going and buying a ribeye uh, and, and fixing it on the grill. Uh, I just don't think the discussion is going to be about meat. So what would the discussion possibly be about maybe in the realm of 2020? Well, if we're going to talk about eating, then maybe, the, uh, maybe it would be a Miller Lite versus a, uh, versus a glass of wine. And I've always been kind of amazed by this, that the difference in perception that the two have. This one, this, the wine seems to get a pass. Um, and maybe that's because the, you know, people like to quote that the Apostle Paul mentioned to Timothy, drink a little wine for your stomach's sake. I don't know, but it seems like the wine gets a pass and the beer is viewed as more evil for some reason. Whereas both are alcoholic and both, you can get drunk on both. And so here it goes. So I'm sitting in my living room last night, and I decided to do something, and here's what I decided to do. I decided, as I was thinking about this and reading some of this passage and thinking about the sermon, I googled the Church of Christ stance on alcoholic beverages. I looked at the first two websites for the first two churches of Christ that popped up, and they had a different stance. The first one was liberty, but don't offend your brother. The second one was total abstain. Do you have to abstain totally? Now that's two different viewpoints. That's two different perceptions on the exact same topic. So the Roman church that Paul was writing to was having a perception difficulty. They were disagreeing. Just like people disagree about this particular topic. Now, what comes from that? Well, I don't know what comes from that. How do you treat one another? How do you look at one another? Do you pronounce judgment on them? Are they going to hell? Are they going to hell because they drink an alcoholic beverage? Um, are they... Uh, uh, does the strong in the faith look at the weak and say, you're weak? Does the weak look at the strong and say, you're a glutton, you're a wine-bibber? Interestingly enough, they called Jesus a wine-bibber, I believe. Now, could it be something else? Could it be something like tobacco products? I don't know. Could it be cigarettes? Could it be skull? Could it be something of that nature? I'm still sticking with the idea of maybe things that you would put in your mouth. Since Romans 14, according to Matthew Henry, it seemed like two of the main items were what you were eating or days that you were observing. 
So if we're still kind of sticking with the idea of maybe things that you might ingest or things that you might take in or whatever the case may be. Now, am I advocating, and you better be careful here because do not put words in my mouth. Am I advocating? I'm not advocating anything. I'm asking, are you or do we think that someone who might use these products is going to hell because they use these products? Perception. Let's take it to the church and let's get more, you know, more spiritual in nature. What about this young lady playing an organ, a musical instrument? I already know, as do you, and I didn't even do this, but you know if I go home and I make my search string, uh, what do the churches of Christ say about musical instruments, you know I'm going to find differing perceptions. Now, I know you're going to say, well, we have, part of, we have a pretty strong perception on the lack thereof, and probably so. That's one of the things the Church of Christ is known for. However, I would bet my life savings, if you want, you know, I would bet my life savings that you're going to find a different in perception. Now, the question is that you have to ponder, and you know I like to use the word ponder. The question you have to ponder as you go through today's sermon is, is it possible that more than one perception can be correct? Now, I guess I'm going for the coup de gras here because I don't think it's any secret. I don't, you know, it's like, you know, the old expression, the elephant in the room. We're not going to avoid the elephant. If there is an elephant in the room, we're not going to avoid it. You know, we know that we had a sermon series on the role of women in the church. So here I have a woman who is helping to not only um, uh, helping, but it looks like she's disseminating or preparing the Lord's Supper. So we already know that we had some disagreement. We already know that we had some difference in perception on this very topic. It would appear to me that reading Romans chapter 14 might be very important to us as a group of people and as a church because the concept that was embodied in Romans chapter 14 is alive and well in the year 2020. The purpose of my sermon today is not to tell you what is right or wrong. I don't have time for that. The purpose of my sermon today is to ask you to think, to ask you to think about perception. Am I springboarding off of next Sunday? Yes, because when we come together next Sunday, we're going to have some different perceptions. There are some people in this pandemic that haven't altered their lives at all. And there are some people during this pandemic that have altered their lives significantly. And then there are some people who are right in the middle. There is a scale. There is a continuum. Where do you fall? We need to be respectful of everyone because there isn't necessarily a right or wrong perception. And when we come together next Sunday, we need to be respectful of one another. And I will be respectful of you, even though I'm itching to give you a hug. I have a hope myself from this hiatus, and here it is. It's biblical. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Okay, I went into Lowe's the other night to get me a board. I'm standing in at Lowe's and I strike up a conversation with the man next to me. He seems like a very friendly man. The next thing you know, uh, he says um, that the, 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 the conversation takes kind of a spiritual turn and he says, 
Well, I'm the minister at the Spice Valley. Is it, uh, Daniel, am I right when I say that? Spice Valley Baptist? Spice Valley. He says, I'm the minister at the Spice Valley Baptist Church. And I said, well, uh, uh, hello. I said, well, I'm, Tim, I'm, I'm, I'm the minister at the Mitchell Church of Christ. And he, he says, oh, yeah. He says, what's your Now, this may make you chuckle. I don't know what this means. But he said, oh, yeah, what's your name? And I said, Tim Day. So, oh, you're Tim Day. And I told Daniel, I said, I'm not exactly sure if that's, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I hope that's a good thing. And we stood right there and we had a nice conversation. And I want you to know something. And I want you to know what I told him. I said, brother, I hope you are successful. We are on the same team and we serve the same Lord. And I hope that you are blessed. And I hope that your ministry goes well. And I hope that your church does well. And and God bless you. And we are one in Christ Jesus. And that's the way I feel about it. All right. In this passage... There were two types of people, because we need to come back to the passage. Okay, In the passage, they were having a disagreement. They were in a disagreement over ceremonial days. They were having a disagreement over meat. Well, here it goes. Here it goes. There were two kinds of people, really, described in this passage. Now, this next slide I'm throwing in just because it made me chuckle. It says there are two kinds of people. One of them has the toilet paper roll that pulls out like this and pulls out from the top, and the other one has the toilet paper roll that pulls out from the bottom. I have no idea which one is supposed to be correct, and, but I know this. When I put it on, I put it on like that. So since that's the way I put it on, that's the only way to do it. That's the right way to do it. And if you put it on like that, then you're in danger. No, I'm kidding. But I do put it on like that. All right? So in this passage, there were two types of people that were described. The two types of people that were described were the strong and the weak. Did it mean physically? Come on, you know it didn't mean physically. What did it mean when Paul addressed the strong and when Paul addressed the weak? Well, I'll tell you what it meant. It meant the same thing that God told Peter when Peter had the vision and the sheet came down out of heaven and God told Peter to rise up and eat. And Peter said, oh no, Lord, nothing unclean has touched my lips. And God said, do not call unclean what I have created. There were people who understood that that piece of meat was a piece of meat and it meant nothing in terms of spirituality. This is what I'm going to ask you to think about today. How many pieces of meat are we arguing about? The weak in this case was actually the person who was still stuck on the ceremonial part, was still stuck in the old wall, was still stuck in the old ways. What had been bred to the bone could not come out of the flesh because it had so long been wedded to. Make sure that your perception is based on God's Word. Make sure that your perception is based on what is best for unity and what is best for the body of Christ because you can't use as your trump card That's the way I was raised. So, last main idea. And I'm going to go back to Matthew Henry again because I just thought he did a really good job in, I don't know, it just... You know, I know I use the word resonated a lot. I've come to find as I watch these, these, I'm going to have to start watching, I'm kind of repetitive on some sayings, and I apologize, but 
this, his, what he writes does kind of resonate with me. Um, so here we go. Here we go. So if anything, this would be the main, main point, I believe. It was not so much the difference itself that did the mischief as the mismanagement of the difference, making it a bone of contention. Those who were strong and knew their Christian liberty and made use of it despised the weak. So they despised them. Whereas they should have pitied them and helped them and afforded them friendly instruction, they trampled upon them as silly and humorsome and superstitious. Those who were weak, on the other hand, and did not use their Christian liberty, judged and censored the strong as if they were loose Christians, carnal professors who didn't care what they did, but did whatever they wanted. And they looked disdainfully and scornfully upon them. There you have it. It wasn't the difference. It wasn't the meat. It wasn't even really the disagreement. It wasn't even really the question. It was the way that they treated one another because they had different perceptions. Because they had a different take on what was proper. And in this case, it was okay if you ate the meat, and it was okay if you didn't. It didn't, as the old saying goes, it didn't make a hill of beans of difference. But what did make a difference was the way they treated one another. I'm here to tell you, if you think about this, and if you think about this concept, and if you think about the year 2020, and this is the last slide, if you think about this, is there a cure? And the answer for this problem that still is pervasive in the year 2020, because we still have the same problem today that the early church in Rome had. We still have the same problem. We have items of liberty. We have items of, of where you can have a personal difference in opinion. And we fight, and we argue, and we wrestle, and we denounce one another, and we look down on one another, and we worst, we pronounce judgment on one another. Is there a cure? Yes, there is a cure. The cure is to study. Study to show yourself approved. And to respect one another. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. To respect one another. To love one another. To lift one another up. To bear with one another. Let us make sure that what has been bred in the bone is not so prevalent in the flesh because we've long been wedded to it. Let us not treat one another with disdain or disrespect because we have different perceptions. Now that's something to think about today. 
And obviously, I don't have enough time in this sermon to delve off into all the examples that I use. So what you have to start thinking about is you have to start thinking about what is okay and what is not. And how do you decide that? You decide that through study. Now, I also want to point out one last thing before we get out of here, because I feel like the, 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 the person that worries in me, because I want you to know that I'm not necessarily advocating certain things, because the end of this passage says, um, blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. There may be something that you feel very strongly about that you just cannot do, or you, or, or, you, know, you just won't do. And I appreciate that, and I, and I do, I appreciate that. The problem is when we pronounce judgment on one another. So let's make sure that we understand the context of today's sermon. Love one another, respect one another, give the idea for personal preference, and give the idea for perception. Thank you. Love you. Looking forward to seeing you next Sunday. God bless.